1: Welcome to the New Books Network.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Academic Life Channel here on New Books Network. I'm your host, Dr. Dana Malone. Today, we'll be talking to Dr. Anna Sharp, Associate Dean for Student Success at Berry College in Rome, Georgia, and we'll be talking about the role of failure in student success. Anna, welcome to the show. Hey, Dana. It's really good to be talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really thrilled to have you. Um, Anna, I wonder if you could begin by telling us a bit about yourself.
1: Sure. So um, I grew up in a rural, a relatively rural part of Georgia, um, close to St. Simons Island, uh, Georgia. So that's what people know. But I grew up on the mainland. Um, so I uh, had, had a great experience uh, of that. Um went to college and and faced some challenges myself. So um, I'll talk about those a little more in in just a minute. Um, But after graduating with my undergraduate degree in creative writing, I uh, worked for a year and really discerned what I wanted my next steps to be and decided to get a master's in literature. Um, and during that time, I had the really great fortune, Dana, of meeting you and <laughs> some other folks um, at University of Kentucky, and, and had an amazing, really formative experience there, um, sort of clarifying, you know, my my what my internal sort of compass for how to do the work of, of student support. Um, so really calibrating that compass. Maybe that's a good, <laughs> a good mm-hmm. metaphor. Um, and, um, completed my master's there and then, and then went on to, to get my PhD in, in human geography. Um, so, so during that process, while I was in the process of completing my PhD, my, my family and I, we moved to, to Rome, Georgia to begin our work at Berry College. And so, as you said, my role now is associate dean. Uh, for student success, but this is my third role here at Berry College. And so I've I've really been able to serve um, in a lot of different ways from, you know, really grounded, you know, work with students every hour of every day um, to a little bit of a different experience that I'm having now, which is really working with an incredible team um, of full-time staff members, working with faculty to help to, to help chart a course for, for student success here at my current institution.
0: Great. Thank you. And um, as listeners are probably familiar at this point, um, I do always like to, and you, you alluded to that, we do know each other. I do like for listeners to know when I'm bringing someone on that I know um, and that I have a relationship with and and have worked with. And so, as Anna said, we met many years ago um, at the University of Kentucky when she was um, a master's student and I was um, a doc student. And we worked and, and I've shared this before. I've had other people on even from that unit. We had such a wonderful team there. And everyone has kind of gone on to do such wonderful work in the field. Um, we worked for the academic support unit together um, for the University of Kentucky. And we were, T- uh, we were TAs. We were graduate TAs together working. Um, we were teaching a course actually geared towards um, students who were in academic jeopardy. And, um, that was just a super fun time and we learned so much. And that was a great course, um, that we got to teach and, and, and really a model in the field. Um, uh, so, and Anna is, um, I, I always say that I, I, admire her prowess as a, as an instructor, as a teacher. Um, she guided me as well when I was, um, kind of thrown into a, I had to teach a writing <laughs> workshop and Anna was kind of teaching <laughs> me as I was teaching my students because writing was not my my um, content area at the time. Um, And so, yes, we have worked together for many years and have stayed in in connection and our friends. And um, she's doing great work at at Barry. And we have talked about this topic many times over the years. And so I thought, man, this would just, and this just seems a very good time to be having this conversation and and where we are in the world and where a lot of students are um, and even faculty and and lots of us in higher ed. So um, so that's a little bit of history with Dana and Anna. Um, And um, so I'd like to move on and and ask you what inspired you to get into student success work?
1: Oh, geez. Okay. (laughs) So uh, my first semester of college was a debacle. I think that's probably <laughs> the, the best way to describe that. And I can and I can say that and laugh about it now. But certainly, at the time, I was very much feeling the pain of of challenge, of struggle, of of, of some failure. Um, you know, I hadn't put nearly enough thought into. Deciding what what was the right institution for me, what what sort of college did I want to go to? I I don't I I certainly didn't know the difference between you know a regional state college, you know a a research institution, a private liberal arts college. You know many students you know you know aren't aware necessarily of those categories as they're choosing an institution. But I genuinely, Dana, when I say I didn't think about it, I just I just. I just leapt in, which is, is a little bit the person I am, but it, it was not it was it was not a wise decision for me. I was a first generation student, and I didn't have the language or the frameworks I needed to ask the right questions and really evaluate colleges based on my own goals, my own needs, what you know, what I wanted to get out of the experience of, of going to college. I just didn't have that. So anyway, I, ju- I jumped right in. I ended up at a huge state school, um, and when I got there, I realized. Oh, I don't have any money. Um, I felt this this pressure, this need to, to keep up with the girls on on my residence hall, and that you know that was very much something I imposed on myself. Um, I I wasn't in a place financially where I could participate in Greek life. I couldn't shop in the downtown. Boutiques. I didn't even have a cell phone for the first couple of months of college, and in 2005, that was really unusual. <laughs> um, and, and the money I did have, you know, I was, I was getting, you know, this, you know, a very, very small allowance from um, from one of my relatives. And uh, the money I did have, I, I totally mismanaged it. I, I could have done a lot better, but I, I used it instead to, to try to do the things that I felt other people doing instead of doing the things that were right for me. So I made some you know, just made some bad decisions. And so, you know, ultimately, though, I, I didn't make friends. I was lonely for the first time really ever in my life. I was, I was lonely. And I didn't know even how to name that, or face that, let alone fix it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, you know, on top of that, I had always considered myself um, a, a really good student. And for the first time in college, I was being challenged academically. Um, I assumed college would be a breeze, just like high school had been, and it was not. It was really tough, and I felt like a failure on every front. Um, I, was, I was at this big state school where you know many of my friends would would have killed to be there, and I was miserable. I was like eating tuna alone in my dorm because I was too lonely and embarrassed to go to the dining hall. I didn't have money to eat out. It was it was a really really negative you know, first semester. And much of that was, was really, you know, my my own, my own failures, right. My own, you know, missteps as, as a young adult. And, you know, I use that term with myself to describe my experience and with others with, without stigma, right. A failure doesn't, doesn't, you know, imply that I didn't care about my academics. I just wasn't being successful at them at the time. I, I didn't have the tools that I needed and didn't know how to ask for them. Um, and so, you know that that's quite the, that's quite the tale I know. But but that that is why I got into this field because you know I left that institution. I um, I, I transferred to an institution that that did meet my needs a, a lot better. And the first well, and I stayed there for a semester and I got my footing, right. I sort of, you know, took this moment, actually moved back to my hometown and went to a small community college and just sort of reestablished myself and frankly reestablished my GPA. Um, and then I, I moved on to a regional college that, you know, was, was a great experience. And when I got to that regional college, I knew that, <laughs> that the experiences I had had, had shaped me in some way. I wasn't Really able to to certainly articulate that yet, but I knew I had figured some stuff out in the meantime. And so the first thing I did was find their student success center, and I said, "Hey, I don't know how to do a lot, but I know how to write. Are you looking for writing consultants?" Because I, I knew that if there was some way that that my struggles um, could 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 serve others, right? That I could use some of what I learned. Um, and, and, and spread that around or, or, or be someone who even just walked with someone through their, through their own path of, of struggle, um, to be there. That I wanted to do that. (laughs) I I wanted to do that. And so, um, I did that as an undergraduate, as, as a, as a writing consultant. And then I worked, um, you know, doing that, as as you said, at at the unit at University of Kentucky. And I've, I've made my career in doing that now. It's, 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 very, very close to my heart, um, you know, and, and, and if, you know, I'll add to that, that I think what that, that probably means for the way I approach my work in this conversation is that, you know, I don't, I don't come to this conversation about failure or resilience dismissive of the experience of failure, uh, the, the pain of, of failure, you know, certainly there are a lot of people who face, you know, many more profound barriers and struggles, then I did, um, but, you know, I certainly, you know, I didn't become an administrator because I did everything perfectly and right and just want to share my recipe for success with everyone. Cause look how, no, that, that's, it's quite the opposite. I, I know what it is like to feel defeated, uh, to take a huge hit to your sense of self-efficacy. And, and I do, I want to walk with students to the other side of those experiences. Um, cause really that's, you know, that's where those pivotal moments happen when you're, when you're coming through, um, those challenges, those failures, and that, you know, that adversity, um, you know, and I, I value what I gained from that, the challenges I faced, um, you know, not just then, but the other times, Dana, you you were an incredible support as I went on my really extended and circuitous journey to finish my PhD. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying I'd want to go back and, and live through any of those tough times again, but, you know, I've reflected on them and come to a place where, you know, I can have an appreciation of those experiences and, and what I learned from them, um, even as I regret a bad choice, right? Or even as I, I lament a, a negative situation that I was in. I still have an, a, you know, sort of this, oh, sort of this distanced appreciation of having, of having, you know, been, been through it. And um, I know you have questions for me, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, Yeah, um, it's great.
0: though. It's great to hear your story, because I know and I've seen you do this work. I worked with you um, in different settings. I've worked with you at University of Kentucky. I've also we've collaborated um, with the work you're doing at Barry. And so I see I've seen firsthand the way that you do that you bring your whole self and your life experiences and your experiences as a student to your work. And I think that makes it very effective and authentic and I think that resonates with students, um, which is especially so important because most of the students, you know, that you're working with or that we've worked with in the past together are, are struggling. They are struggling. They're in a low point for themselves. Um, so that gets us into this conversation. And, and as we kind of start to dive in, I was hoping you could speak to how you see the role of, quote, failure in student success generally. And I use quotes around failure because Part of this conversation is redefining how seeming failures are conceptualized, right? So, um, so I just like to hear you kind of uh, speak to that a bit of, of how you see the role there.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think the first thing I'll say is failure is is normal, <laughs> right? Failure <Yes>. is <laughs> a very normal and um, and okay part of the, the full human experience. Um, you know, I think for a very long time after the spectacular failure of my first year of college, um, I spent a lot of time avoiding failure as much as possible. Um, and being very concerned about failure because I felt like I had, I really had to prove, <laughs> to prove myself. I had to pr- prove it to myself that I could do this. Right. And that was mm-hmm. such a mistake because, um, you know, as I tell my students all the time, um, if, 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 if you're not failing, right? You're, you're not pushing yourself. You're not challenging yourself. You're not trying new things. Um, it's okay to fail. I think, you know, design thinking has done a, a great service to the concept of failure, right? With this idea of mm-hmm. fail, fail fast, right? Fail lots of times so that you can figure out the right way to do it. And, you know, certainly in college, the stakes are incredibly high and, you know, students, feel this pressure to, to, to be successful. Um, and, and, you know, we can, I I hope that we'll, we'll get into this, but I really do believe that it's, it's the role of institutions to create room for some healthy failure for our students. Um, because it is, again, it's okay. And, and if, if even the implicit message to students, as they come to college is be super careful not to fail ever, 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 um, then we are not setting them up for success as professionals. As adults, as parents, as, as partners, um, as members of faith, right? Whatever they, they, all the things that they go out to be, um, when they leave us here, right? all the things they are while they're mm-hmm. here, right? Um, if, if that is our message to them is they go out and be and do those things, well, we're not, we're not doing a really great job of educating the whole person, right? So, so, yeah. I think failure is a normal part of the human experience and thus is a normal part of the college experience.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, to kind of, um, you know, get into this a little bit more and, and the parts that I know you really want to unpack a bit, um, let's talk about resilience. So resilience is kind of a buzzword of sorts when it comes to these conversations. And we've talked about it many times over the years in relation to student success specifically. How do you define resilience in your work and how does it get mobilized in practical ways in the academy, if at all?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I I think just, you know I I'll, I'll say and lift up the the great work of, of Carol Dweck. <laughs> you know her mm. you know her work has really I think done so much to bring a vocabulary around resilience into into the academy um, and mm. into you know pedagogy workshops for for TAs into professional development for faculty. I mean. Um, I, I, you know, I think that, that is certainly one way to, to frame resilience, right? This, the power of yet and, um, the ways that, that, that she frames mindset. I think, you know, those are, those are really important and valuable. Um, you know, if, if I'm thinking about how I define, you know, resilience to, to, to students and faculty, even just at my own institution, I find myself often reminding them, you know, resilience is—is is it one part coming back from from a challenge or a failure? Absolutely, but that that bounce back, that comeback, um, that is not that is not magic, right? That is hard work. That <laughs> there's a lot. Of, of of hard work that goes into turning a challenge or a failure into an opportunity to demonstrate resilience, right? That's not a one to one like mm-hmm. ratio, right? Um, so, you know, I, I, as an institution, we, we cannot gloss over that hard work. That, that, that comes into play between, again, a challenge and a failure. And, okay, I, I, I demonstrated resilience in this moment. Um, because that, you know, that's where, as, as you said, that's where we operationalize resilience. Um, normalizing it is, you know, as I said before, you know, saying every chance we get, okay, <laughs> this is a normal part of, of the student experience, the human experience, and, you know, you know really putting our money where our mouth is um, in higher ed with that but then also you know really teaching students the skills they need to um to, to turn a challenge and a failure into an opportunity to be resilient and i'm happy to, you they you would talk a little more about just maybe some of the ways the ways I'm doing that or I'm seeing that being done, is that a good direction?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because we've talked about that before and that's where I really really wanted you to go with this is, um, you know, we've talked about what that looks like for student affairs and how student affairs, I think we are doing a pretty good job with that. But then on the academic side of the house, perhaps not so much. So yeah, I would love to have you kind of expound on your thoughts on that, those pathways back from academic failure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. You know, the academic side of the house, I really do I think we have some work to do. Um, you know, if 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 we are if we believe um as a field of higher ed um that you know, failure is a normal part of the human experience and that resilience is a is a trait we should be building in our students, then then we really have to show up for them with um with pathways you know, back to academic good standing, right? When they've had some failures in the semester, right? Policies like academic amnesty and academic bankruptcy, um, you know, the the, the COVID pandemic, I, I think really got many of us in higher ed thinking about, you know, SU grading, right? Many institutions implemented that during lockdown, even in the, the first semester back last fall um and you know really looking at the ways that 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 SU grading sort of built in grace you know built in grace for for what our students you know were going through even while still you know assigning them a, you know a grade that they had earned right now for so you but but again building in some grace and so i absolutely think on the academic side we should be thinking you know really creatively about how to build in some space for failure for students, right? You know, yeah. um, that that might also include, you know, some, some space to rethink things in the course of a semester, right? If a student finds themselves in a class and, and not being successful in that class, right? Um, do, do we want them to be resilient in that moment? Well, <laughs> absolutely, we do. We hope they're going to walk into our learning center or work with a consultant, right, to build the skills they need and really be able to 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 have like a comeback story, even within the space of the class. But that's not always even mathematically possible, right? Or maybe that's mm-hmm. not where a student is, you know, with their with their health and well being makes that you know not possible at that moment or other circumstances in their lives. And so, you know, even in the course of the semester, students students are you know making the the important decisions to to withdraw from courses, what supports are available for students to to make sure they remain full-time students, remain engaged with our colleges and our universities. I, 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 there's there's a lot of room there um to to think creatively and to to be nimble and to try some new things and And that's something that you know that I'm excited to to be thinking through at, at my institution now. you know, and and on the student side of that, right. It, we, need to, we need to sort of stop and take stock of the opportunities we have as, as an institution or, you know, as a college to, to speak in to how students frame success, failure, resilience, right? So those first-year seminar courses, you know, those are a really important opportunity to help students frame these things productively really early right? But before they even maybe realize they need some great framework around this, um, you know, building skills like reflection. Oftentimes when a student is coming to me, and as you mentioned, Dana, you know, I have, you know, I have to really, I have the honor of, of walking with students through some really difficult moments. Um, and sometimes when students are in my office sitting across from me, I can tell that, that even just, Talking back through a really disappointing exam grade is painful, right? That's, that's Uh not, that's, that's not usually a failure that's going to derail someone's academic career, right? One test grade. Uh But for a student, right, who has always wanted to be a physician, you know, one, Really upsetting, right? Or disappointing exam grade in a gateway course, a biology course, a chemistry course can really shake their confidence, their sense of self-efficacy. Um, in, in, you know, in an area that, that, you know, they've really maybe constructed even an identity around being good at this, right? And so when, when that's the case, students be, again, very understandably sort of shirk. Or not shirk, but shrink from, sorry, shrink from reflecting on that experience, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's pain, it's painful. It, it's not something they want to spend time thinking about, right? But reflecting on, okay, all right, how did I approach this, right? Um, how did I prepare for this exam? What were the things I did? Okay, looking at my exam, what, what served me well? Okay, what doesn't seem to have served me well? Um, what was the experience of taking the exam? Uh, was I nervous that I feel prepared? Was I, was I well rested? Um, what was my in-class engagement like? Do I feel good about that? Do I need to recalibrate something there? Right. All of those really excellent reflective questions that again can turn a struggle or a failure into an opportunity for resilience, right? That, that. That, that's the magic, right? I said earlier it wasn't magic, yeah. but maybe, you know, that, that kind of is this, this special thing, right? Is reflecting on that. But again, it can be painful. And I know that. And so, you know, t- giving students, equipping them with even just the words to name it. Like I feel really disappointed right now, right? And then mm-hmm. giving them some tools to, to, to reflect and also just being, right? Being present to do some of that work with them. Um, and that's, you know, that's where, you know, our colleagues in student affairs, I think we can learn so much from them, but just being present with students while they work through that can be so impactful. So much of what I do in my office is just leading students through that reflection. And I'm not doing the hard work of that. That's all them, right? They are, they are Mm -hmm. pulling, you know, pulling the weight there. Um, but, but, you know, we, I think as a this is a big pronouncement i I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go for it Dana um, <laughs> as a culture we're not we're not great at reflecting um yeah
0: it's a very i would i would second that okay okay, <laughs> so I'm, okay. With you. I'm with you on that generally speaking generally speaking we yeah. are we are it's not we're i don't i agree that i don't think it's something that's wildly um quiet reflection nonetheless it is something that's really encouraged there's so much distraction in, in our Our current situation.
1: That's so right. That's so right. Um, And so, teaching students, making, pulling back the veil, right, on how to do, on how to reflect. Students need to hear that, right? And so, working with them on that, helping them rebuild their confidence, their sense of self efficacy, working with them to build new skills, and really helping them let go of the stigma. It's okay, right? It's okay to get to college and need to build some new skills, whether that's Academically, or as I I needed to build some new social skills in college, I I also needed some yeah. academic ones. Clearly, if anybody is right, heard, heard my story at the beginning, um, but I also needed some some work to to build some new social skills. So, you know, just normalizing that for students is okay yeah. to get here and not have it all right.
0: Yeah. Well, and as you were speaking, I was thinking of um, you know, this idea of the work. I think this is a really important theme to kind of just linger on for just a minute, but that work that goes into, you know, I've had a setback, I've had a challenge or a failure and and then the idea of coming back from that, that space between those two points is really important. And you know, like you said, you know, being there and 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 helping students walk through that. It made me think when you were talking, it made me think of uh, Lisa Nunn's work on academic on, on college belonging. and then she really breaks that down into different areas. And one of those areas, is academic belonging. So when we think about like, you know, it can be easy to dismiss that, um, as faculty, as staff, as, as whoever, as a parent, as it's just one, it's just one test, right? It's just one test, but that one test can be so symbolically meaningful, Mm -hmm. um, to who they thought they were, were, um, to who they thought they were going to become in college and to their sense of self, um, as a, as a student and to their academic belonging, that sense of Mm -hmm. academic belonging that Lisa Nunn writes about in her book. Um, and I've had her on a few times and I really love her work because she, she focuses on first year students. And, um, you know, so, they come in, you know, they can often come in with all of these ideas and ideals. And then, you know, it's really devastating if their experience doesn't match that or even like your own situation where, and and we've worked with enough students over the years together to know that students who are really good in high school, you know, are not always really good in college their first Mm -hmm. semester, but it's a skill set that they just have to learn how to, you know, adjust and, and, and hone. Um, But that academic belonging is really, really key. It's not just that sense of, can I do this? It's kind of, do I belong? here. Um, sure. so it has, the other thought I had was just like a lots of ripple effects. Um, and so, you know, journeying through, um, that experience with students and, 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 you know, having people be knowledgeable on how to process that and, and teaching the reflection skills. Some students may naturally be, um, reflective. We've had this conversation, (laughs) even the differences between you and I, some people are just more like jump into things and other people do tend to step back and reflect more. And so, you know, certain, certain students may need more encouragement in that area, but normalizing is really important. Journeying along through that process, like you said, I think is, um, just a great point to highlight. Um, so I'm trying to think about where I, I want to make sure we get to, well, there's a couple of questions I want to make sure we get to. So, um, we, we kind of started to get into this a little bit and, and so maybe I'll, I'll go here, but could you, what would you say are some of the, and we talked about this a little bit in our kind of our pre conversation, um, the keys, some of the overarching keys to student success. Um, I know when we were talking, you had mentioned like even the idea of openness. So when you, when you think about that for students, then, what are those keys that, and again, overarching, just generally speaking, that would be you know helpful to to student success, for students to cultivate?
1: sure. that's a good question. Um, you know, I think as you mentioned, we we had talked a little bit about openness, and I think that is is absolutely critical, right? College is this incredible since I describe it, you know, it's, it's a sandbox, right? This this sort of moment um, when you can play with with ideas, play with even even different identities, right? And so, mm-hmm. an openness to the experience, right? A whole hearted, whole self openness to to what it might be, right? So, you know, that's certainly being open to to new ideas and perspectives. That's being open to to change and who you are, right? Being open to the joys of success and the 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 pains and and, and struggles of and and, and lessons of, of failure, right? So, a true openness to all it has to offer, and 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 not, as you mentioned a moment ago, getting you know wrapped up in expectations about what you ought to be, who you ought to be, what this experience. Should be, you know, I, we, we know research, you know, tells us that, that many students are coming to college, um, with the primary goal of, um, a financial stability, right? Of, of career training. And, and that is, that is a great reason to come to college. Um, but it doesn't have to be only that, right? It can be that mm-hmm. and, um, that and being a part of an incredible residential community, that and, experiencing a, a breadth of, of perspectives and opinions um, and, and and lived experiences, right? And so, you know, whatever students are, are bringing with them, um, whatever framework they're bringing with them for what college should be, it could be that and other things, right? So we don't, I don't think we have to pressure students to sort of, you know, let, let go of this very, you know, this sort of more utilitarian vision of what is college for. That's okay. They can hang on to that even as we push them to be open to some other things too. Um, you know, reflection is, is so critical. We've talked about this a little bit and, you know, reflection after a moment of, um, of, of struggle or, or failure is, is really critical, but, but I can't, I cannot say strongly enough how important reflection is as you're moving through an experience before you even know whether it's going to be a success or a, fail- or a failure, right? Um, mm-hmm. So um, often the pace of college can just feel really frenzied. It can feel that way for those of us working in higher ed, right? It can mm-hmm. certainly feel that way for our students who are taking, you know, four, five, six, seven classes, right? Seven classes, you know, depending on, on the way their institution is structuring things. And so, gosh, that is that is a lot to be juggling at once, right? So for me to say, oh, take some time to reflect, you know, in your day, that's that can sound really Pollyanna, but it's such a critically important investment, Because sometimes it's easy to get on autopilot and the busier we are, the easier it becomes sometimes, right? To get on autopilot. This is the way I'm doing it. This is the way I study. So this is, I'm going to pick up my things and I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to sit at this table and I am going to get out my books and I'm going to do, right? Not not taking the time to notice that the library is actually, gosh, I can't get a thing done here because people are chatting with me or I'm getting distracted, right? Or, hey... You know, actually, I do, if I start going back to my book, I fall into that trap of just rereading the chapter, right? And 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 and, and rereading, right, is not that's 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 not a very strong study strategy. And so, taking that time to reflect in the moment, say, is what I'm doing working for me? Is does this feel effective? Um, am I am I bringing things into my week that that fill me back up as I'm pouring out? into my classes, into, you know, maybe my friends or my family or my job on or off campus, right? Am I doing things that fill me back up? Because, you know, if if, if, if students get to the point that, that they're empty, right, they, they've got nothing left to give. So even just taking a moment to reflect on their own health and well-being is, is not just important for their health and well-being, right? It's, 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 it's important because you, you have to be well to, to you know, to, to be well and care for yourself, to be able to, to commit the time and effort to your courses that you want to. So, so that reflection time is is really important. And I think then the other things will follow, right? If changes need to be made to the way you're approaching your academics, you'll note that, right? And if you recognize something isn't working, hopefully your institution has some, some strong resources to brainstorm some new ways, right? If you're reflecting and you notice that the way you're mo- managing your time throughout the week is making you very stressed, you can brainstorm different ways to do that. But really good reflection is sort of the seed uh, of so many positive academic skills and strategies. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really great. I, um, you know, I'm thinking back to like, you know, a lot of uh, conversations we've had and even, you know, content that we've taught. To students, it seems like a lot of times, you know, there's for for some students, this is not the case at all. But for many students, it's kind of like, you know, I know a lot of students I worked with, it was just kind of like, when I would ask the why are you here? Like, what are you hoping to get, you know, aside from a good job, they really didn't have any other, you know, and again, like you said, that's not a bad thing. But it was just kind of like, you know, this idea, this the bigger why of what do you want to get out of this? What are you hoping to you know, what kind of experience are you hoping to craft? How do you want to be different? What experiences Mm -hmm. do you want to have? What's the purpose? You know, um, because for a lot of students today, it's just like the next thing, right? It's the next thing. So, so taking time for that reflection before you get to college and then throughout, um, I think listeners know this about me too, as well. I've talked about this a lot. I'm a big process person. I just am a big process person of whatever that process looks like. I develop a process for writing papers. I develop a process for even preparing for my podcast. I have a whole process that I go through that I've found is, is effective for me. It is, is useful. But, um, you know, so I personally believe that a lot of success is just figuring out your process Mm -hmm. to whatever it is you're doing. And that figuring that out does take, as you said, reflection. It's those it's, it's figuring out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, Mm -hmm. what puts you in the headspace that you need to be in to study or to whatever. Um, so I really, you know, it can seem very simple, but it maybe isn't easy and it maybe isn't common, but I would say it's probably quite effective. Um, so I just wanted to kind of respond to that. I do want to make sure we get to, um, there's just one question I definitely wanted to make sure we get to and- and. Um, we've kind of had some conversations around this previously too, but so I know in your position, you do get the opportunity to speak with um, different groups, specifically faculty, administrators, students, as well as parents. So, you know, with all of your experience and, and the knowledge you have, um, your work experience, your personal experience, and just the knowledge you have of the field and your work, what what is your message to each of these groups? What is it that you say when you have the opportunity to stand in front of faculty and talk to them or in front of other administrators or when you're talking with students and then parents as well? Sure. I'm glad you added parents, but that, that's, <laughs> that's
1: fantastic. So, so I'll start with faculty. So, you know, I had the I had the privilege of speaking to a group of faculty at a at a course design sort of retreat a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, one of the things that I that I really stressed to them is, okay, we all it seems that that many of us agree agree that, that building resilience in our students is a worthy goal, right? Um so how do how do we build that in? To our, our courses. That, right, if we all agree that it's a worthy goal, right? And 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 maybe we should all have a, have a hand in building this, right? Building a culture around this, how do we build that into our courses, into, into our syllabi? And so I think one of my messages there is you know, incentivize, you know, building those skills around resilience, right? So we we've, we've talked a lot about reflection, but that um it, it is such a critical piece of resilience. And you know, there's there's this 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 really great book um, promoting belonging, growth mindset, and resilience to foster student success. It's got it's got these great just sort of sample reflection questions that faculty can pose to students after an exam, after an assignment, right? So, okay, yes, give those to students, but also incentivize their completion, right? Offer students a, a bit of extra credit or or, or or you know a small piece. Of, of earned credit, right, on that assignment for completing these reflection questions meaningfully, of course, right? So do things in that vein, right? Think of ways to incentivize building the resilience you want to see in your students. And, and you know, certainly incentives are not the only way to, to, to build skills in students. But in a course where so much is, is grade-based, Gosh, incentives sure are an effective and convenient tool to, to elicit the sorts of behaviors um, and, and create the sorts of habits you want in your students, right? And, and we do this all the time in classes, right? We 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 train students to write an MLA or APA, right? We put incentives around that. We you know, we we count off points if they don't do it, or we give them points if they do, right? So what what if we did this for resilience too, building the skills around that? You know, cr- create some incentives for students. To, to, to build in these areas, right? And also just take the time, again, just to walk with students through this. Ask them, you know, would you, would you like to, in a judgment-free zone, sort of process the experience of this exam, right? Invite them into those conversations. And, and, and yes, there's a power dynamic there. Yes, some students may shrink from a conversation like that. But, but opening the door in a way that really demonstrates that, that you care about your student and that you want to have that type of conversation can be really meaningful. You know, and for those faculty who are teaching, you know, very large sections of courses, you know, find some partners on campus who may be willing to, to do that alongside you, you know, your, you know whatever your student success or, or kind of retention unit is on your campus, I bet there's some people there, right, or academic advisors who can help lighten the load as you're, as you're again, inviting students into these conversations. Um, for administrators, for, for, for folks who right are charting the course for, for institutions, I think, right, culture starts right at the top. So, so building a culture of valuing resilience. Right. Asking your, your faculty to, to lean into that, asking your faculty to, to create space for that or incentivize it in their, in, you know, as they build out their courses. Right. But then also looking for opportunities, um, to, to really demonstrate a commitment to, to resilience and to normalize failure. So, so one of the things we did at my institution is, uh, my area went around and we asked faculty, prominent faculty on campus, what, you just write on this whiteboard a time that you failed right just a time that you failed right and we we went around and we had them hold it up and um and and we took some video of that right and then we asked them to on the other side you know write what they're what they're really proud of about themselves today and so some of them wrote you know, something about their job or opening a new lab right many of them their their initial failures were in a class in their field right So really, really taking ourselves off of, off of the pedestal, right? Allowing space in a cat in the academy, right? For are we all, are we all very invested in academic excellence? Yes. Yes, we are, right? Is that a straight, like some sort of like teleological straight line path from where we are now to to success? No. No, that's not how any that's not how any of this works, right? That's not how life works. Life's not a straight line. That's not how it's that, right? That's not how that works. And so just owning that, right? Owning that as we as we talk to students, as we talk to faculty, and letting that be part of our DNA. And then, as I was talking about earlier, putting, you know you know, showing up, really showing up with policies, right, um, that, that allow students ways back to good academic standing, right, ways back to success, not just in individual courses, but at an institution. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's I will, I will get off my soapbox now. On. <laughs> um, um it, it, you know, t- to students, I would say, you know, feel your feels, um, first of all, like just when you experience your know, struggle or failure, just feel how you feel about it. Feel frustrated. Feel mad. Feel disappointed. Feel sad. Feel tired. Um, feel energized. Right, wherever you are with that, just 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 sit with that, right, and know that it that it's okay right? That it's okay to feel that way. Um, and, and take a breath and alongside that feeling, right? Like you're not, you're not dismissing it. You're not pushing it deep down, right? You're allowing it to exist alongside some of these skills that we've been talking about. You're allowing that, that frustration maybe to exist alongside a commitment to building some new skills. Um, you know, so, 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 Don't, don't linger only in the feel your feels, feel them, right. And also Mm -hmm. reflect, feel them. And also, you know, start thinking through, okay, what, what, what lessons am I taking away from that experience, this experience? What am I going to do differently next time? Um, What support do I need? Right. So not, you know, there are certainly moments when, you know, if a struggle or a failure is beyond our, our, our control, And, and just even saying that out loud, naming that, right? Like this happened to me. It's really frustrating and, and it it wasn't something I could, I could control. Um, but I need to, I need to, to take some steps forward and here are the resources I need to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, seek out the professionals like myself. Um, at your institution, I guarantee you, whatever we are doing at our desk, we'd much rather be working with you. Um, you're not bothering us. Uh, we 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 want to be sitting across from you. We are doing what we do. So we want to walk with you through your highs and your lows, the peaks and the valleys. We are here for you and we care about you. So you know, darken darken the door of of people at your institution. Um, for parents, I would say, um, you know, <laughs> expect your student to experience struggle and failure, and and help those of us at your students' institution who I hope are working to take away the stigma from that. Right. Um, also, be working on your parent side of things to, to be reducing the stigma around failure. We want your student to be successful. You want your student to be successful. Your student wants to be successful. Everyone, you're right. We are all working um, to to the same end. Um, and but again, it's not going to be a straight line, right? And so you know, is it, is it good to hold your student accountable? Absolutely. Right. So, so I think that's sometimes the the first instinct to a struggle or a failure on the part of a student. Um, yes, that, that can be important, but, but mostly it's just allowing students to have those, you know, experiences of, of struggle and failure and to right and to reassure them that, Hey, this, this is all right. You know, whether the class is just difficult or whether you totally messed up and did not you know only studying for 2 hours for an exam you should have studied 12 for right that's okay this has happened right um again feel how you feel but let's think about where we go from here so you know really you know help your student have you know assume both that posture of reflection and orient you know being being eager to to act on what they've taken away from this experience, but, you know, certainly, you know, even as it's scared So I'll, I'll share that, that my son recently learned how to ride his bike. And, um, I, I was, it was a nervous wreck sort of watching him sort of ride off down this huge hill. And I wanted to be like, stop, no, don't, don't do that. Don't turn that way. Don't. And so, um, so I think, you know, if I project, Forward, how I might feel when I see him face a struggle um, academically when he's older, and he's you know really he's only six now, so he gets like you know thumbs up and thumbs right and thumbs down on a report card. But when he's when it's later, he is really in in a place of frustration or disappointment with with an academic. I can see myself you know reacting to that with with some with some panic, a little bit the same way I did when I saw him riding that bicycle. Like I want to prevent every hardship um i want to fix everything for you because i you know worship you you're so i know that i will have to to really um to dial that down and and understand that that even stepping back and allowing him to experience that hardship that is that that's okay too that is also my job as a parent not just to prevent it but to again let walk with him through it so i'm not not saying that any parents out there are doing or are doing that preventing everything, <laughs> but I, I know that that is something that, that would be easy for me to fall into. So, um, yeah.
0: it's an, inst- it's a, it's a, it's a natural kind of yeah. instinct to want to do that, even if we don't do it or be inclined to do that. But yeah, I, I, I resonate with that as well. <laughs> um, thank you. I think, I think too, the, the idea of, I, I love the normalize it, um, And, and if they can hear that from multiple places, um, and even just the new language around, you know, failure, that's a setback or that it's, it's an experience that didn't go how you expected. Um, but there's much to be gained and to be learned from that. Um, and, and I'm having similar conversations in my house as well. Um, and so I, yeah, I really, I, I appreciate that perspective and I think the more, um we can kind of share that um across the institution and that's where i think some of you know the recent scholarship that's come out is really really good and and you know the academic side I, I, I love because it can kind of bridge sometimes the different sides of the house. Um, and like you said, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that we do have a lot to learn from student affairs folks. Um, they have learned, they do know how to journey alongside students in this, in these other developmental ways um, that might be new for faculty. Um, and so I think, you know, I think some of the, the messages that you've shared are, are really, um, really wonderful and and speak to each of the areas kind of that we you know, all the different areas of an institution, um, if we're all kind of doing our part in our own areas, how do we make that experience so much more valuable for students, um, and, and help them not feel so alone in that. Um, because as you said, you know, acknowledging that there's a lot of feelings that go into that, um, you know, whether it's just a, a one test or a whole semester. And we've worked with students who have, you know, had to leave the institution and then are on their way back or in some lots don't come back. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, the we have an opportunity if we're all doing something in our own areas to to normalize this, to change the language, to change the culture and to help students understand that this, as you said, and is very appropriate, is a natural part of life, like the human experience, right? So we are not setting students up for the rest of their lives very well if we don't help them understand that this is just how life goes because the college is not going to be the only time in your life where things don't go as you plan or expect. Um, and so helping them and teaching them giving them the tools for how to come back from an experience that doesn't go the way they plan, um, I think is one of the more invaluable lessons that they can take from our homes, our institutions, um, you know, wherever we're encountering, uh, students. So thank you for that. Um, we're, we're at time. So I'm just going to ask one last kind of question. Um, just briefly, if you could kind of share, um, you know, we often, we, we, we don't get a chance to share the stories that really matter to us um, or that have shaped our lives or put us on the paths we're on today. So if you could maybe briefly share one piece of advice you received that really impacted you. Hmm.
1: So, you know, I've, I have had um, the privilege of having a, a few great mentors. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm going to, Dana, I'm going to interpret what you asked loosely <laughs> because, <laughs> Go for um, it. Go for yeah, it. okay, great. Um, so, you know, I, I will never forget um, my first job in higher ed was, you know, was, was my prefer my first professional position. Actually, it wasn't my first. My second professional position in higher education was, um, was the, was when we were together, right at, mm-hmm. at um, University
0: of Kentucky. And
1: I, I had a mentor um, in Dr. Jim Breslin. Do you, you he's, based, he's been on this podcast.
0: He's been on the show. Yes. Right. He's
1: also a, a good friend and colleague. He's, he is incredible. And um, Jim is someone who has this abiding faith in you as a person and as a professional. And it is contagious. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I think you know, I was I was certainly I was probably in over my head, right? When I became assistant d- director um at, at University of Kentucky, and Jim would all he would say like you you got this you can do. He always had these incredible mess brief messages of you you can do this, and you know as someone who even at that point in my life I was still working to reconstruct my sense of self-efficacy. It wasn't a single piece of advice. It was the consistency that mattered, right? Mm -hmm. The, the constant, you can do this, right. Even when maybe I, I didn't need to hear it, but, but right. That ensured that when I did, like it was there, right. That, that encouragement, that, that faith in me and who I was and what I could do was, so meaningful, and that is something I, repl- I hope I replicate <laughs> with my own team of professional staff. Now, um, you know, I tell them all the time, "You got this." Like you, I believe in you. Whatever you decide, I will support you. And Danny, you may remember that, that one of the things he always said was, "Like I will have your back." He—that's something that, yes. yeah, yes. that that Jim says, and I, I find myself saying that to my staff all the time because when you are in this field you are making a thousand judgment calls a day, or, or you're just, you know, adulting out in life for there to be someone who consistently says, I got your back. That's, that's incredible, right? That's, that's hugely meaningful. And so, um, yeah, like I said, I interpreted that kind of loosely. It wasn't this one thing. It was was actually, that it wasn't this one thing I think that made it so meaningful. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a consistent message. It's, um, it's this, (sighs) Well, I also feel like, yes, and I, I I very much resonate with that. It's also this idea that you got this and I have you. So as your supervisor, yeah. as the person over you, like, you also feel like you can take risks. You can be creative. You can, because you, can you have support. work. You can fail. Exactly. You, you can, can try fail. something that doesn't work and that's okay. Like we'll right. learn from it and move on and fix it and do better next time, you know, try something else. That's right. Um, and so that, yeah, that's a great. great message. And the other thought that came to me as you were saying that was, and this is like a parenting thing, you know, I read something where it was uh, something like the things we say to our children become their inner dialogue. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, I think, you know, I'm going to take that loosely and say, that's the same thing when you're in a a mentor position, what at, at work or wherever in life, the things that you say and speak into other people's lives, like that becomes their internal dialogue. So, like you said, even when you didn't need to hear it, probably when you did, like that voice was in your head, <laughs> right? Like you can do this. That's right. That is exactly um, right. It reminds me of honestly this last thing, and then we got to end. But when I was learning to drive, um, my my phys ed teacher, I still remember him, Mr. Clancy, and he would say, you know. Um, turn on your signal, Dana. Like he just had this really like a certain tone and and I would hear him walk me through all the steps like all the time. And and I heard his voice in my head the whole first year I was driving because you just, you hear that again and again in your head because he would say it every time we got in the car together, just the different things that he would say to me. And I would hear it every time I got in the car. And so- I think that's important. Like what message are you sending and and the consistency of that message? And that speaks to what you were talking about, even with institutions, what message are we sending students and, and, um, you know, what are they taking away and, and how can we change those messages if we need to for a positive impact? Mm-hmm. Um, for their success and their resilience, um, not just in college, but in life um, as humans um, doing this human experience with us all together. So, Anna, thank you so much um, for being on the show today, for sharing your experiences and your expertise on the role of quote unquote failure in student success. Thanks for having me, Dana. This has been a blast. <laughs> it was a great conversation. Thank you. I'm Dr. Dana Malone. This is The Academic Life, and you've been listening to New Books Network. Please join us again.